Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm so excited once again to be on today and have a real, very special guest, Carrie Johnson. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, again, we're bright and early here at Wasatch Recovery, and uh, she was willing to come in early, so thank you for doing that. No problem. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our sponsor again, Veracity Networks. Thanks for believing in me. And again, all you listeners for just your support. It's been so wonderful. And, you know, with the guests we've had on before, you guys have shared it with so many people and commented. And and I hope that uh, these amazing stories will inspire all of us to know that we're in this together and that we all have our trials and we all have our struggles. But when we can all connect through this, it truly is a blessing. So thank you so much for everything. Um, Carrie Johnson, um, she has a blog, and what, what's the title of your blog again? Joy Cometh in the Morning, and morning is spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Yes, thank you. And that's where she kind of, she talks about how without without pain there is no joy, and she's been through a lot, and she is a, she's married, she has a daughter who also just got married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when she was younger, she had lost her brother. She's been through severe depression. She was in a very serious car accident about four years ago, which she'll talk about here in a minute. Um, She just wants to make the world a better place. She has a big heart, and she just wants to make an impact. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted you on this belief cast as well, because, you know, you do have a a really kind of heart-wrenching story, but your attitude and your (laughs) your you know, strength and moving forward is very inspiring. Thank you. You bet. So thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your family. Oh, I love my family. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in South Jordan, South Jordan, Utah, and um, I I have such good memories of growing up. I just always thought we were the funniest family. Uh Um, I loved being with my family. I just, now I know the Cosby show has kind of negative connotations nowadays, but I just would sit around the dinner table and think we should be filmed. Like when I was just little, because that's kind of the, and I need to apologize because I'm not getting a word to come out of my mouth right now because I have a traumatic brain injury. Sometimes my Thoughts don't connect sure. to my mouth. <laughs> right. But I just always thought, we are so funny. We need to be filmed <laughs> because of, we just were comical. Right. And I just thought we were so entertaining. So I just loved being with my family. Right. So, so how many siblings did you have? I have four siblings. Four siblings. And, and that includes my brother that passed away. Okay. And where did you fall in the pecking order? I'm the baby. You're the baby. Okay. <laughs> yes. How'd you like being the baby? I loved it. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure most babies say that. <laughs> right. But I was treated really well. Yeah. The other kids break in the parents, right? And usually the baby's like, okay, I got the, the more relaxed, more refined parent. I And I did. <laughs> right. I for sure did. I'm sure... They will all tell you I was spoiled, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So uh, growing up, you know, you, you you had lost your brother, Matt, correct? Brad. Brad, excuse me. His best friend was Matt, so okay. yeah, that's well, fine. I was, at least we put that there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Brad um, passed away. Can you kind of describe that and kind of what you went through as a family? Yeah. So 
he was serving um, a mission for our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he had been out about four months, and he was in Italy. And mm-hmm. we got a call one day that he had leukemia, and he had less than a 5% chance to live. So they, they discovered that on his mission. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was acute leukemia, so he he had just got it, and he thought he had chicken pox, mm-hmm. and um, that's just blood seeping through the pores, and um, okay. he gets this little petechiae with leukemia, and he thought it was chicken pox, and they make these little scabs, and but he'd already had chicken pox two times, and that's just a 19-year-old boy for you. And he, yeah, he just didn't really know what it was. And there, he was on the um, island of Sardinia, and he, there weren't a lot of doctors where he was. And anyway, just miracle after miracle. And um, the church flew my parents over, really, just thinking by the time they got there, they'd be picking up a body. And really? Wow. Yeah. And so it was that fast? Well, he lived oh okay <laughs> the first time around and then he just had a fighting spirit mm-hmm. and um he came home and i remember one time he was so sick after a treatment and um he got treatment there in italy and then he was well enough to come home and um but he would still had to be treated here too and until he went to remission and then he went back to Dallas and then he was there two months it came back and then he lived another two months here and okay. and then he passed away wow. but he taught me so much like he just one time he was so sick after a treatment my mom had gone up to get him some anti-nausea medicine at the pharmacy and he just started to throw up and he had a, a pan that he was right. gonna throw up in and I went, my mom always held our head when we right. threw up. Yeah. And so I ran over to help him throw up, and I was 13 years old, you know, and I just started crying Yeah. so hard. And after he was done throwing up, he wiped his mouth, and he said, don't cry. He said, I'm not crying. It's okay. I've, you know, and he just explained, I've accepted this. Wow. You don't need to cry. Wow. And he wasn't telling me never cry. You know, he yeah. was just that I couldn't have emotions. But, you know, he d- that was just his attitude was, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I'm happy about this. Wow. We can be happy. Yeah. And he just was always happy. You know, he was... And he wasn't faking it. Yeah. And he was just fabulous that way. Yeah, what a perspective mm-hmm. to have that as he's going through this, knowing that, you know, you know, he can, he's going to be possibly passing away soon. Yeah. And to have that perspective and to be able to tell his youngest sibling, you yeah. know, hey, you know, it's okay. Yeah, you know. we don't need to be sad. Wow. How powerful. So you were 14 when he passed? When he passed away. Yeah. Kind of describe that, like what you went through. Just, I mean, obviously, what an amazing example he was by just what you said there. I'm sure there was other experiences around that as yeah. well. 
you know so was he that way with everyone with his fam everyone yes. in the family and oh yes he was he was incredible he always put other people first always so he ran for student body president and um he did every back then they were they were doing videos and i right. don't know exactly what <laughs> if they still do that but right and they did some videos and um for their final speeches and um he was helping everybody with their videos and his was last he was he just knew this was in 1989 and 1990 was um the year he graduated and um he knew about electronics and this was you know there was no digital anything right <laughs> so um he everybody kept bringing them bringing him his video their videos and he was really good at this stuff adding sound and he had this big plan you know yeah. and what he was going to do for his and um he uh <laughs> it was about 10 o'clock and he was finally getting to his and there was a knock at the door and it was his opponent oh really and my mom was like was that so and so <laughs> and it was and Brad came upstairs and he's like, come on down. And he edited that person's video. Oh, wow. And his own video suffered because of it. Like and he, he lost by a handful of votes. Right. So he put that person first. Yes. So <laughs> just kind of the guy he was, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, and he was always happy and always, always putting other people first. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was incredible. How did your family as a whole handle losing Brad? Some better than others. Yeah. Um, it took its toll on, on some. Sure. But I, I took to heart what my brother said. And I really, it's not that I didn't miss him, but I've always felt that he's remained really close to me. Yeah. Well... It's almost, you know, I got the feeling of, you know, that even that experience, even though it was maybe something you didn't want to go through, you know, when he was throwing up and you were helping him in that moment and he look, looks at you and says, hey, you know, don't cry. Yeah. You know, it's going to be okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, what a what a sacred moment for you to have that experience with him. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of set the tone for you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were 14, very tough, obviously, at that time. You know, as you move forward in life, you know, you we, we were talking about how you've you've been through some severe depression in your life and Yeah, I was actually diagnosed is, bipolar. Okay. And and how old were you when that happened? Or when that diagnosed? I was twenty one. Twenty one, okay. Mm, I had just given birth, um at it was six months after that. Okay. So obviously up before that though, I would imagine you were struggling. I wasn't. Oh, you weren't at all until no. that point? Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, describe that. Um, that was really hard because I remember um, my mom called me on the phone. And, you know, six months after. And I just, I didn't even recognize it in myself. So um, she calls me and, I mean, not, I, looking back, I can see that the baby had giving not my daughter I've not ever blamed it on my daughter right creating a child changed me drastically right and so um 
and I didn't I never really understood this part of it but when a woman's body creates a child it takes chemically a little bit of your kidneys to create a kidney for kidneys for a baby and mm. a little bit of the liver chem- chemically to create so it borrows a little bit of everything okay you know to yeah. create this little child and um so and this is how the doctor um described it to me after when i went to see a psychiatrist so anyway my mom called me one day and said we just had a normal chat i talked to my mom every single day back then and i mean i still do now but right she <laughs> just called me and we had a normal chat and uh, and then she said carrie i think you have depression and i lost it mm-hmm. on her and i even said um, I don't think I do. Like, right? I, I was like, I was the one who handled Brad's, you know, death. I was the one who did this. I am strong. I am a strong person. I don't have depression. And I hung up the phone back when you could hang up a phone, you right, know, yes. slammed it down on a receiver. Uh-huh. And I was like, I am fine. And then my husband came home from work and I was like, can you believe? And he's like, look at our house. Like, you know, he started pointing out the evidence of what I used to be compared to now at that time. And yeah, it was a disaster. And, and I just, he's he's like, you're sleeping all the time. And I'm like, I'm sleeping when the baby sleeps, you know, it's just, yeah. So just really on edge, you know, just not being the normal carry that people had noticed before. And no, and there were times I, I could, chemically feel it like it was a such a switch of being so happy and then just falling to so sad and yeah yeah. so we went to see a doctor and um i went in by myself i'd handed off the baby to my mom and Mm -hmm. and my my husband and he asked me a series of questions and he diagnosed me as bipolar after all these questions and also with PTSD because of a, a relationship I had had with a, anyway, well, that's all I'll say. Okay. And, um, who knows who's listening? <laughs> and um, the, a very hurtful relationship. And, um, and then... A relationship outside of your your marriage. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right, uh, and you don't have to go into you yeah. know. Obviously, we're not here to expose anything or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, but obviously, whatever that was, yes. very very trying and difficult that what you went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And um, it was former. It was no longer right. in my life. Right. And um. Anyway, um. I can't remember what I was saying. Okay, in the doctor's office. So and now I'm having, I have this cute little baby on my lap, and he just, and that's when he started to explain chemically this is how you make a baby. And he said, I, I think you gave every ounce of serotonin to this baby. Mm-hmm. And he said, what a beautiful sacrifice. But if this is how your body reacts to making a baby, it's only going to get worse with every baby. Mm. Your body has a pattern. And um, he said, I would suggest you don't have any more 
And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going to multiply and replenish the earth by myself. Like, you know, me, <laughs> this was our, my family's, my husband and I's plan. Like we, we wanted a lot of children, Yeah. but it, how I felt like I just knew when he said that, that that was right. Right. Because I needed to be here for my daughter. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could feel that that was the right answer, even though you didn't want to hear that. No, like yeah. I knew that if I need my destiny was to be a mother, that's what I always wanted to be. But I already had one, and she needed a mother. Yeah even more than I needed to be a mother of many that it would be selfish sorry it's okay for me yeah to keep having more mm -hmm. and not be able to provide a mother to the one I already had because of the way I already was feeling and yeah sleeping and I didn't want her to continue to have that the rest of her life. Sure, sure. So, or not even be here at all. Because yeah. I was already having suicidal thoughts. And, yeah. you know, now that my mom had made me realize how I really was thinking. And I was like, yeah, I, this is a problem. Yeah. So, and as he was telling me these things, uh, he gave me, so I, there were things I needed to do in my life and I needed to move because we happened to be in an area by this person um, a former relationship right. and um, anyway I, we, there were lots of things we just needed to do right. and I just was I was so gung-ho I was just I just accepted it and just was like, I'm going to get better. Unfortunately, I didn't get better for a long time. For a while, yeah. Oh, a long time. With that particular doctor, I did not see any improvement for for four years or four or five years with so, him. Yeah, and still feeling depressed through this whole time oh, yeah. and struggling. Probably still having some suicidal thoughts. Oh, yes. I'd been hospitalized yeah. three times okay. with him. Wow. And um, more, t lots of attempts. Right. And um, it was just hard. And so finally I just told my mom and my husband, I, I just need, my mom was my biggest champion. Like, just, you can do this, you can do this. Like, right. you know, she was such a cheerleader. And um, I just told her I... He finally wanted to do shock therapy, and I was like, I cannot do that. Yeah. Because of the people that I had seen there who had done that, and every time I drove up to see this doctor, these same people were walking the grounds, and I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I want to remember my my daughter. Sure. They would, their children would come, and I'd be like watching. The, who are you? I just thought, I can't do this. Yeah. So anyway, I... I found a new doctor and um, I just, that doctor changed my life. Like, oh, 
he was so sweet and um he did psych the psychiatry and the, the psychology mm -hmm. part of it right he was he did Make the sure therapy down just a little bit oh sorry no you're good there okay. we go perfect okay yeah. sorry no you're good he um did both the therapy and the the medication so we'd go in and do 15 minutes worth of medication and then then we'd talk for 45 and oh, okay he he was so sweet and then after about a year i still wasn't really getting my meds balanced and everything and and then one night i hit a person with my car <laughs> which it was about two o'clock in the morning and my daughter was sick and i drove her to the hospital and um all of a sudden there was a face on my window and this man had been wrapped in a black bank blanket and walked across just the street and uh -huh. it i wasn't ticketed and um it was entirely his fault and um but i still the anxiety in me oh yeah was horrible and i went to see my doctor and i was out of control <laughs> and i just was like what if i go to jail and this family says they're gonna sue me and all of these things and you know what if they take me to jail for manslaughter and my head was just spinning and you know we had never we he knew i was what my religion was and everything and he he was also a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and he just he just said who cares who cares like i don't even feel sorry for you and <laughs> i think he knew after our relationship and he knew where he could take me mm -hmm. i don't think he would have ever talked to just anybody like that but he said you know what it what really if they sue you what really could they take what you and he knew where i lived and right and he's <laughs> and you know how old we were at right. that time and he said oh what does your house cost hundred and thirty five thousand mm -hmm. dollars and he goes and do you really own it and i'm like yes we own our house oh really is it paid for or do you pay the bank you know and he just he goes do you want to know how much my house is and, <laughs> and what is your car worth yeah he goes what five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars and i was like oh my gosh yes so he was just getting really real with you yeah it's like just let's be real about yeah. this and then yeah. he said and who really if you really go to jail or let's say you're in prison your whole life do you think that really matters to god you know you'll still make it mm -hmm. he he knows it wasn't your fault he'll still welcome you home you're still fine he's like i'm i'll see you next time go make your appointment for this many weeks and i'll right. see you and he just kind of shoved me out of his office and I just left and got in my car <laughs> crying uh -huh. like that didn't happen at all. And I, I just totally was, I don't know. That was the best thing he could have done for me Yeah. because it put everything into an eternal perspective. And I started thinking differently and it wasn't long after that, that my meds became balanced and because I started doing the work. Right. I wasn't so reliant on why aren't my meds working? I started thinking differently. It was like a switch. 
and my brain happened and so talk about that in a little bit more detail. Like what, what was the work you were doing? How are you changing the way you were thinking? Because I think that's a very important part. And, you know, a lot of people, yeah, there's always a place for medication. We understand that. Oh, for that. sure. But there's also, we have to put in the work ourselves. And I can relate with that as well in my life. But how important it is to control the way we think, mm. change our belief systems and that kind of thing. So yeah. talk a little bit about that work that you had to do. Well, I started correcting my thoughts and I started, um, instead of being like, oh, I'm such a loser and everything like that, I started thinking, it was like there was a bulldozer in my mind and I, I would picture things like picture my thought process. And so I would like picture a, <laughs> a scooper and I would, because I'd done a lot of research like I wanted to understand my mind, so I would read tons of books. Right, I've read anything I could get a hold of yeah. on bipolar disorder, and there was one about like oh how we we create little thought pro like I can't think what the word is um just like neural pathways yes neural pathways mm -hmm. and so i was just thinking i'm making this neural pathway so i would like picture just like ice cream scoops just digging yes, the pathway digging a pathway wow. or like a front end loader or something right and so i would just think no and i'd scoop something else and nice. and so i would yeah i would create my scoops and it mm -hmm. the, you have to have three Right. The three good thoughts to put cover, you know, the one bad. The one bad, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would think, no, I am a good mom and, you know, and, and I'm a good person. And and so I would think things like that to cover that one bad thought. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I would start to do something like that. And then um, right before, probably three years before the accident, um, my other doctor, the doctor that was hard on me for uh -huh. that only that one time sure he had retired and I found a new doctor and that doctor I'd been stable for quite quite a few years sure he um he's like the more he got to know me we'd been going through some really hard things and he just called me Pollyanna from the first day he'd ever met me and he he finally said I I don't think he'd lowered all my medicines without me even realizing it yeah. to the very lowest doses of of them and he said i think you should be you know really s having some mood swings and you're not and even on these low meds you really they shouldn't be controlling what you and your family are going through right do you trust me and i'm like tr of course i trust you but what are you talking mm -hmm. about and he's like I want to take you off your meds. I don't know if you were misdiagnosed or or what, but I really don't think you're bipolar anymore, which is, I would never say that to anybody. Right. But I just thought, thank you to the, to the second doctor, because I thought if he hadn't been a little tough on me, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known how to do this. Well, yeah, and, and as I'm looking at your timeline here, that doctor got really real with you and just said, basically, quit quit whining. Mm -hmm. You're going to be fine. Yeah. 
and then you started putting in this extra work you know you were really working on the way you were thinking and it was hard yeah no for sure it's tough changing the way we think oh yeah but you put in that work to the point where now this new doctor's like noticing something like wow look at look at this changes look at how good you're doing let's maybe try this let's maybe take you off your meds and see how you do there yeah and he said i I can put you right back on if you really start to feel anything we'll put you right back on right yeah wow that's awesome. So you go through that process, and obviously, and this was before the before the we, car accident because you had a you were in a car accident, which we'll get to here in just a second. But um, so obviously that was a, a process you went through, and it was a, a success at the time, right? Yes, everything was going in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're probably thinking, man, this is this is wonderful. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But I remember that day, I cried. Oh, I got in the car and just cried good tears and like (laughs) the saddest tears because I was so scared I mean and also that was part of my identity you know I was well yeah I was all you were relying on that now all of a sudden it's gone yeah okay how am I going to handle things yeah I can understand that but now that's not even on my medical records anymore I'm not I still kind of in the back of my mind always because I I, I think I still tell people I'm bipolar, I, you know, I have bipolar disease disorder because I don't ever want to not think there's something that could trigger that. Right. So like even yeah. with the accident, um, there were many, there but wh- were but a why, series But of why moments. label yourself something you're not? Right. But I, I just never want to not have that mindset that I don't have to, that those, what am I trying to say? So even with the accident, Mm -hmm. I just know the mind is very powerful. Sure. So even with the accident, I would wake up in the morning and my first thought was, I hate my life. Mm. And because my pain was so severe. And so I know that I could have immediately gone back to, such a horrible depressed state sure, sure. i don't think i would have been the mood swings gotcha but i could have been yeah. to a point where i could have just oh hated life yeah so you so you're in this really bad car accident here about yes. four years ago talk oh yeah, talk sorry. about that no you're good see i forget i'm not just no. talking to you <laughs> <laughs> no you're fine it's this not is just good. me and todd uh, we're just we're just guiding you along here Thank um you. so you got in this accident uh and obviously talk a little bit about that. You don't have to go into every detail, but okay. just talk about what happened and, and uh, you know, how challenging that has been for you. Yeah. So my family and I were in a car accident and um, uh, we were hit. Um, oh gosh. Uh, the, we were on a one lane highway. And well, it was a divided highway, and um, the person, the individual who hit us, ran a red light, and mm. then ter- also turned onto our highway, and the engine got pushed up onto my lap, and oh, wow. so, luckily, um, my husband and doc- daughter were not injured at all. It wasn't lucky; it was a huge blessing. Sure, yeah. Because I could not have um, recovered knowing they were in a bed right. as well. So, um, but I was severely injured. 
um, it took an hour to cut me out of the vehicle. Wow. Um, uh, so my whole lower leg below the knee was shattered. I had a compound fracture of my femur. Um, my hip was shattered and had to be, they did not put anything artificial in my, well, there's lots of artificial things, but (laughs) nothing like a replacement, like a hip replacement or knee replacement. So my knee was the only thing that, um, was left Mm -hmm. in my leg. Um, it was just floating. And so they were able to reattach that. So I have, um, in my leg, I have two rods and a ton of screws and screws pins. And, yeah. So, and then all my, um, all my ribs on the right side were, were totally broken or shattered. And they put these big butterfly metal, um, pin type things in there from um, two through seven, ribs two through seven. They were able to um, put back together. Yeah. And then, uh, trying to think, then my clavicle bones were broken and then my neck and back as well were fractured. Um, my artery was severed and in my, in my wrist, um, my ulnar artery trying to think if there's anything else i don't think so wow so obviously tons and tons of surgeries and Mm -hmm. and just therapy physical therapy you had to go through yes yeah i can imagine how difficult that had to have been yeah so that was like i said that was my first thought every morning on waking up and I, I didn't sleep much because of the pain. Yeah. I didn't, my body doesn't respond to pain medicine at all. So, um, Jeez. yeah. Uh, so when the few hours I could sleep, it was, that was a very real thought. It, mm-hmm. I think there's thoughts we create in our mind and then yeah. we kind of then, then roll with the rest and we just kind yeah. of like, yeah, and I, d- I don't like my life, and I am a loser, and you know. But yeah. there are that was my first initial thought on waking up was I hate my life. Wow. And so then I didn't do three; I did ten. <laughs> I would lay there and keep my eyes closed and say, "No, you love your life. I love my life. This is these are the reasons why I love my life." And I would, because I can hear the birds singing, and yeah. Charlie is alive, and that's my daughter. And right. And she is such a good kid. And, you know, my husband is so good to me. And I would name all of these reasons why my life was so good. And I'm still here. Yeah. You know, and I have so much more to do. Yeah. So I would just name 10. And this kept happening for months (laughs) on end. That was my first thought. Oh, I hate my life. Just because of... But then you'd catch it and say... No, I don't hate my life. And then you go to 10 things on top of that and just continue doing it. Because I did not want those new pathways in my brain. Wow. I love that. You know, because, you know, part of what I teach my clients is overcoming that negative voice in their head and how to replace it and how to... But but it does, it takes work. It does take work. And it almost seems like 
the work's not even working, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, all I have to do is tell myself something good. Yeah. But you have to say it enough times to where you really start believing it. Yeah. And that a lot of people give up before they get to that point. Yeah. Because one, it seems too easy at first. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I have to do. But then when you start putting in the work, it's like, wow, this is going to take a minute. Yeah. So, but very impressive to hear you say that because I think a lot of people listening to this can relate with, we have this negative voice in our head. They struggle on some level, but I love how you're like, well, instead of just three positives, I'm going to say 10. Yeah. And uh, you really upped your, your game. And, and I know, you know, when you go through your blog and you're all about, you talk about the trials you've been through and you're very open with that. And obviously you're being very open today. So thank you for being vulnerable. Um, talk about, so because of that though, you're also, you're able to experience some joy in your life and not just some, but a lot. Talk about that, the joy that you feel now and, and that you, you're going through. Well, I, I don't want to appear fake and I'm sure I do to a lot of people because I've been very open about my mental illness Mm -hmm. and I would tell people, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing okay. You know, like this is what I'm struggling with now. But there are, I very rarely tell people that I'm, that I'm in pain all the time or Mm -hmm. things like that, simply because when they see me, you know, I'll say, they'll say, how are you? And I'm really good. I'm so good. I'm doing really great. And I've had so many people say, no, you're not because they know I'm in pain and I'm like, no, I really am. And it kind of breaks my heart that and i guess i guess it maybe it is to them that i'm being fake but i realized if that's what i focus on is my pain that's all i focus on that's yeah. all i can feel yep and so for me i my spirit is happy yeah and i have to i have to choose what i focus on sure I love and that. so if I only focused on my pain or only thought about my pain, that's all I feel. Yeah. And so when people remind me that I'm in pain, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, you're right. I actually am. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, so I have to focus on. Yeah. Well, I don't think things. I don't take that as you being fake. I take that as you're doing your best to find the strength and joy and happiness despite going through all this physical pain, emotional pain at times as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you bring up something that I teach again, my clients, and it's one of the most powerful principles on the planet. And it's as simple as this is what I focus on increases. Yeah. So if you're focused on all the negative, sure, that's going to increase and you're going to feel it and it's going to, you're going to look sad and depressed and versus, no, I'm going to focus on all these great things that I have in my life. And you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, you know how we always hear gratitude. If you're if you're grateful, you'll feel more grateful. And that's kind of what I hear from you right now mm-hmm. is that you're focused on all these great things you, that you do have in your life despite the tough time you're going through. So I think that's a, it's a great example to me as I hear Thank this. You. Like, man, what a great way to, to push through something hard. Because everyone listening, Carrie, to your story right now, <laughs> they're going through something tough. Everyone. I I understand that. So, you know how you said you know you you got stuff to do and there's stuff you need to do on this planet. Like this is part of it. You're sharing your story to a bunch of people that need to hear this. Yeah. 
and it's inspiring. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, just, I mean, reading up on your story, I mean, I really felt for you before I even met you. And to have you sit here and be vulnerable, <clears throat> it chokes me up. And to, to see that you're, you're choosing to have a good attitude, you're choosing to work on those thoughts. Like, okay, a negative thought comes in, I'm going to crush it with 10 positive thoughts. I just, I don't know, it's in my, I admire that. Thank you. You're welcome. Put in the work, you get a result, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I look back as I look back through your story, you know, you go go all the way back to when you were at your brother, with your brother at the pharmacy when he's throwing up and you're helping him trying to get through that. And he's like, don't be sad. You know, what a great lesson he taught you in that very moment. And maybe that's what fueled all of this. Yeah. You know, because you were 14, this young mind that maybe didn't fully understand. And you're looking at, man, look at my brother. He's going to probably pass away. But look how... Uh, positive and it's almost but here you are going through all this and look how positive i mean thank you what a gift that brad gave you back then to even compare me to him (laughs) sorry oh you're good he's incredible oh my gosh you're okay still so incredible yeah well so are you thank you yeah (laughs) you really are thank you and i want people to get to know you and so um how how do people well, how would they find your blog? What would? How do they it's get there? Joy cometh in the morning. M O U R N I N G dot com. Great. Is that the best way for them to reach out to you? If they yeah. have a question as well, they can. Yep. There's they can a there's a contact contact place on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> if if there's anyone listening to this story right now, which we just talked about, there are <laughs> who might be struggling. What what's some advice that you could maybe give them if they're you know it, you know they're feeling depressed or down or what's some advice or some encouraging words that you could maybe share with them right now? First of all, find find a friend you trust, a friend you really trust that you know it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because if you sometimes we tell people, and then if it goes other places it's not helpful yeah and um and then second you know that front end loader those ice ice cream scoops (laughs) honestly how when people come to me and i tell them that they do they expect it to go away immediately i have a close friend that that has been working on this for a year and she, it's it's nearly daily that I have to mm-hmm. remind her yeah. of this but it's it's because this friend wants immediate I nearly it was nearly 10 years wow. before I was stable yeah. and right. I wished I wish that I had you know discovered the ice cream scoop theory <laughs> years before and, you know, they're just coming out with this studies on neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And that's where your brain can really repair itself. Yeah. And I am a true believer of that. Sure. Well, you're proof of that. <laughs> exactly. You know, and one thing I want to point out too, Carrie, is that 
you're using a technique that uh, that most Olympic, if not all Olympic athlete uses, visualizing mm-hmm. and the power of visualizing. Yeah. And you just visualizing these ice cream scoops or a, or a front end loader taking yeah. away these negative thoughts and scooping them out and paving a new neural pathway that's positive and strong. Yeah. I mean, just visualizing that. Yeah. I mean, there's power behind that. And studies have shown that and proven that that actually works. Yeah. And so... It's so cool that you do that. Thank you. <laughs> my my daughter, um, she also um, has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. The This whole, you know, there's always a trigger uh, that sets people with yeah. bipolar disorder kind of have this uh, life cycle trigger yeah. that, anyway, so the accident was definitely hers. Sure. And... Um, so the first time I went with her to the psychiatrist, she's like, is there anyone else in the family that's, you know, that's been diagnosed? And I said, me, but I don't. She said, well, what medications do you take? And I said, I don't take them anymore. So she looks at me like, that is not a good example. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, how, are you, how yeah. do you expect your daughter? And I said, yeah. well, you know, I, I, I'm not bipolar anymore. I, my doctor... <laughs> you know took that off my record and she's just like um she almost, ha- almost like that's unheard of yes right? and she's she just said yeah she said something very snooty yeah like that doesn't happen and and just kind of pretty much called me out like <laughs> and i just wanted to say and i told her what yeah. i did and she said you know said something like well whatever like that will never happen, and mm. and I just want to say, well, if it that's because you won't have a job, yeah. so well. And what's funny is not when she says it will never happen. You're like going, well, here I am sitting here. Yes. It happened. Yes, and right? I I didn't. I was quiet. Yeah. I just smiled at her. Then yeah. I that's what I thought was yeah. like. Yeah. It just makes you worried because you won't have a job. <laughs> sure. So, but I just was like, well. Yeah. <clears throat> you work on my daughter and I'll work on my daughter. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, you know, just know that to the listeners, just know it's possible. Yeah. And there's Ted talks on neuroplasticity and yeah. yep. It, it's your living proof as well. Yeah. That and there's higher powers that can help you as well. For sure. So. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Well, Carrie, I can't thank you enough for being here. I can't, thank I mean, you. this went so fast. I mean, I'm just sitting here like, whoa, this is <laughs> amazing. Thank you for being vulnerable and willing to come share your story today. Thank you. Getting here early, like we said. <laughs> thank you so much. And it's truly our honor to hear your story and to see and witness your example. And, and I really believe this is going to help a lot of people hearing your thank story. You. So thank you for taking the time. Can I share one more thought? Uh, sure. So there, this is by T.D. Jakes says if you decide that your trial is a funeral then it will bury you if you see it as an opportunity then it will resurrect you whoa wow thank you you're welcome i'm glad you shared that that's powerful (laughs) what a great way to to end it there you go listeners thank you once again for joining us Uh, i love all of you thanks for believing in me and and as you know these guests are amazing and so thank you for all the suggestions and everything so to all of you, thank you, and uh, until next time.